This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by You Betcha Ice Cream. On October 5th, You Betcha is teaming up with Cedar Grown one final time to bring you the ice cream that you love. They'll be cleaning out the freezers, so it's an event you don't want to miss. From classic flavors like chocolate and strawberry to brownie batter and birthday cake, you'll be sure to find a flavor that you love. Plus, check out their Facebook event to find a link to pre-order gallons of ice cream. We've loved You Betcha ice cream from the start. If you've never had a chance to try their ice cream, this is it. Support local, support You Betcha, and support Cedic Run. We've titled this episode of the podcast, The Mid-September Update, as both the high school and collegiate cross-country seasons are in full swing. We touch on our thoughts from both the Ron Pin Classic and the SDSU Classic for the collegiate side, and discuss the polls and the rankings for the high school athletes and teams, and some of the other things that we've taken away from the season thus far. We had a lot of fun recording this one. There's a lot of banter that Cam and I have going back and forth, uh, so we hope that you enjoy it too. As always, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening, uh, first and foremost. But thank you, too, for your support on social media, for following us. Continue to share the word uh, with your friends, with your family, your teammates, whoever, uh, just so we can keep growing and keep bringing you as much coverage as possible. So without further ado, let's dive into the latest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we are bringing you the mid-September update. As we record this, it's the evening of September 14th. We are a week out from GRIAC, which I feel like is always kind of the tip of the iceberg as far as this cross-country season goes collegiately. We're in the thick of things with high school season, and we've got a lot to recap that we have not been able to get to yet. So... Cam, are you ready to dive into things tonight? Oh, yeah. Excited to get our first opinions on the uh, collegiate cross-country season so far this season. We've been a little quiet uh, so far, but, you know, we got we got some opinions to share. And, you know, the, the high school season is rolling right along. So got some stuff to touch on there, too. I, I'm, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a good episode. I think so, too. Uh, we always try to kind of find a fun way to start things off, like a little... Uh little game or like story or something like that but you would suggest that we talk fantasy football so since you brought it up i'm guessing like your team must be pretty stacked or are you really bad well i don't know it's it's too too early to really to really know i think the reason i brought it up is you know loki you know full honesty for the fans and for you i got the the vikings game going on in the background right now so if i seem a little bit distracted is because i'm rooting for kirko <laughs> chains to throw another touchdown pass so he can uh, score some points for my team. Uh, it's a very conflicting season for me. Uh, I was texting Alex Bartholomew, who's in uh, in my league uh, last week, and I'm cheering for Kirk to score lots of points, but I'm a Packers fan, so it's like, do I actually want the Vikings to do well? You know, what means more to me, the team that I like or my fantasy team? But uh, came away with a win week one. I'm in a, I'm in a 16-league team. 16 team league ryan so pickings are slim For sure. i don't I don't know if i'm I'm gonna score over 100 points so at any point this season now uh, you you've historically been really good in this league right 
Yeah, yeah. I won, I think I've won four out of nine years. I think this is my ninth year. So I, oh. I've I've won like half of the championships. I went on a streak three in a row, but lost last year. So I'm trying to get back on top this year. For sure. It's with a lot of your your cross country guys, right? Yep. Yep. Uh pretty much how there might be one sprinter, one or two sprinters in there, but all all cross guys from from college and uh yeah it's fun to connect with them over over a something that half of us don't really know anything about so <laughs> dude yeah, do you remember fun. that remember that one year flow tracked fantasy cross country and yeah, do you remember yeah. you and i were like super into it it was and great I, it was I think i took i took like fifth out of everyone that played on flow track which i was so impressed with at the time that is i mean there had to be hundreds of people who uh because that, that that was a a better a better time for flow track if i remember correctly I, yeah i wonder at some point i'll have to see if i can pull that up and bring up the receipts but yeah dude i was so into that but dude fantasy fantasy cross country we we haven't gotten it rolling for the collegiate level or we talked about how i need to stop the gambling references a couple episodes ago <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> maybe we'll just leave it there but well i mean I'm sure there's other pockets of track and field nerds who've done this, but when we went to the Olympic trials, we, we had a whole like fantasy, uh, Olympic trials draft. We made up basically our own scoring system, our own, you know, draft roster criteria and stuff like that. And, you know, I would come into the stadium each day with my fantasy, you know, Olympic trials notebook, keeping score of everything for everybody. And yeah, it, it it's fun. It's, uh, it's a whoever was the first person to come up with fantasy sports. What a great concept. And uh I think we're all I don't know if we're all better for it, but we all have a little more uh something interesting in our lives each week because of it. It's for those who point. for those who celebrate. I don't think we're better for it, but I think it's a talking point. <laughs> something to something to fill in awkward uh, moments with, with no yeah, conversation. Yeah. All right. Is your, we, how's how's your team looking, Ryan? I don't. Just, I don't just briefly. About it. So, okay. if I give you the briefest, here's a, here's a quick rundown. I was projected to win by about twenty points. Yep. Was on track to do that, and then I don't remember the person I was playing had some just miraculous swing of events. I don't remember what game it was, but ended up beating me. Uh, so that was week one. Uh, was not helped out by some poor kansas city receivers this patty mahomes is my quarterback yeah so that didn't help me out and yeah i had a few other lackluster performances but we'll we'll get back on track we'll get back right well i mean i'm still interested to hear how the season progresses so maybe there'll be not every episode but every other episode we'll we'll check in on ryan's fantasy football team see if they improve at all okay yeah the people aren't here to listen to our fantasy football woes (laughs) so Okay. Hey, we were, everybody we were else, talking. everybody else is a fantasy football podcast, Ryan. Why can't this be one too? We're too niche. We're too yeah, niche. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When we were talking about talking points and things we wanted to discuss on this episode, we had both looked at the fact that we hadn't touched much on college at all. So that's where we're going to start. And specifically, we're going to go back a few weeks. We know we haven't been doing the best keeping up with things, but 
we want to go all the way back to the Ron Pin Classic, where we got our first taste of the collegiate cross country season. Uh, in terms of some Summit League schools here in North Dakota, so Cam, I don't know, you didn't go to the meet, did you? No, no, I was not there. Um, but uh, neither neither were a lot of people. Uh, you know, it was it was scheduled. You know, the Ron Pin. Uh, back in my day. I'll I'll sound like the old guy. Back in my day, NDSU used to host this first kind of uh rust buster meet, we'll call it. You know, the 6K, you run a short, shorter distance sort of meet. Um, not able to host it anymore, uh, because it was on a Fargo Parks golf course, whatever. So UND, who traditionally would host the last meet before the summit league meet or before the conference meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved there, you know, moved the Ron pin from October to now they're hosting this kind of introductory meet and, uh, you know, scheduled to be, you know, like any other sort of rust buster meet, not a, not a ton of teams, UND, NDSU, and a handful of other, you know, smaller schools. Right. We saw mm-hmm. it last year, UND, uh, decided to, use it as a, as a tempo workout. We talked, you know, at length about our opinions on, on their sort of strategy there, but interestingly we didn't like enough, it. We didn't like it. No, no, not, not a huge fan. Well, NDSU this year, you know, they decided to not go to the meet. So they, they signed up for the meet. They agreed to go to the meet. You know, everybody was expecting them to be there. And then kind of last minute, you know, out of nowhere, you see a tweet come up that says, you know, UND or NDSU has decided not to go to the Ron pin due to weather. I forget exactly what it said, weather conditions and other reasons. So, I mean, that that's kind of, what, what are your thoughts, Ryan? I've kind of like laid it out, uh, the, the series of events, probably <laughs> in too many words, but. Yeah. I remember when I was watching I think it was must have been the US championships this summer or if it was a diamond league or what it was but the 100 meter hurdlers on the women's side they interviewed a few of them afterwards and they're like we don't duck each other like in the 100 hurdles like everybody yeah. shows up to race and yeah, we yeah. always show up to the start line and yeah I don't know NDSU I think it's a bad look I understand like you can come up with excuses it was hot that day it was windy. I know there was kind of the smoke factor too. But yeah, UND still showed up and ran pretty well. So yeah. I yeah. don't know. I just, I like the head-to-head. I know at one point, uh, I think there was more of an emphasis on trying to get more like dual meets and cross country and track and field to kind of bring like the competitive aspect back to things. And it's kind of cool to always have this head-to-head. But um, yeah, I mean, UND still ran well. And I think it's something that I took away from it and we'll get a little bit more into this as we keep talking about the college teams too. But dude, NDSU and UND have huge cross country teams. Like yeah, yeah. so many people. So as I'm going through the men's results here for the Ron pin, UND had 17 guys race uh, between yeah. attached and unattached athletes, uh, which is just a staggering number. And we can look at SDSU and figure out how many NDSU guys raced. But yeah, huge teams. Men's side, I'll just go through it real quick. Luke Labatt, 
no stranger to winning races. He took the individual win, uh, 18-27, just out leaning his teammate Justin Jellica, finished in second in 18-28. And then Alexa Milanovic, uh, you know, he was a freshman last year, did a tremendous job on the track and like the 8 and the 15 as the season went on. Uh, took third, eighteen fifty three, and and then some other familiar names in there. Ian Bush, also a lot of UND's international athletes that are on campus and ready to get after it. So that was the men's side. Uh, did you have any big takeaways from that at all? Uh no. I I just want to. I guess it's not like rewinding, but just going back to like the fact that NDSU wasn't there. I I think it's. I think it was the wrong move, you know, and I think they had good reasons for, for not going, obviously you're looking towards the end of the season, you know, kind of the same, you know, uh, I, I'll just say it like this. I can see both sides, just like last year when we were talking about UND choosing to tempo these races, you know, I could see, I could see the reasons for why they were doing it. Um, But I mean, if you sign up for a race and you say you're going to be there, you gotta, I I feel like you, you gotta show up. So, I mean, something needs to change about about this, like, first meet 6K sort of race. Because last year, we have UND choosing to tempo. Granted, they were there, but they chose to tempo it. So, it, to them, it wasn't a worthwhile race to come and race. And then this year, you have NDSU showing up and or not showing up at all, you know, deciding it's not a race worthwhile to race. So, if we're going to have this meet, let's make it something worthwhile. You know, and uh, I don't know if it's the the number of, you know, competitors, you know, not wanting to just have like a duel that early in the meet. Because really, I mean, you look at the results and it was really just UND athletes, yeah. you know, but um, I, I don't know. it. Do you have any I, solutions I, off the top of your head? Uh, man, I, I don't really know. No, no, I, I, I don't. You know, that that's where I'm just like a critic and not <laughs> not a problem solver. I, I don't know what they can do. I, I think it's at least over the last two years, you know, maybe part of the reason why NDSU was hesitant to go was because there was an uncertainty if they were going to be met with like an actual race. You know, they got tempoed on last year, you know. So why would a team want to go to a race where the team that's hosting and supposed to be competing against potentially could just be using it as a workout? So I think it goes all the way back to to two years ago. I'm not I'm not trying to defend NDSU, NDSU for their decision not to go, uh, but it it kind of seems like it's like we're in a bit of a cycle of, you know, uh, this team ducked us last year, so why why should we show up to their meet? You know, um, it would be great. I, you know what? Actually, I do have a solution, Ryan. Let's hear it. I. I always thought that this first meet was kind of interesting because it was kind of the one early meet where you got to see all of the regional teams compete against each other. You know, later on in the season, we'll have, we'll have teams from all parts of the state of North Dakota going to GREAC, but they'll be in different divisions. You know, uh, at the at the NDSU meet back, you know, when I was running or at the Ron Pin now, you know, it's an opportunity where we could bring, you know, the Jamestowns, the U-Marys, the the Valley cities, Dickinson state, NDSU, UND have kind of like a, have like a state championship, you know, maybe that's, that's not appealing to some of the smaller schools. Cause they maybe just know that they'll be taken down by UND or NDSU, but I, I, I don't know. 
it's kind of like an interesting thing to me, you know, get, get some, some sort of like incentive for, for these people to come out, come out and run and, and just compete. You know, I don't, I don't really care what the distance is. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, could you ever do like a relay? Like, would that ever be a possibility? Like it'd have to be pretty long legs to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like kind of like they like, do at world cross. Do what about like you get paired up like an NDSU and a UND athlete and you each run 4k. So it's like a two, <laughs> a two by 4k relay. Who, who wins? What do you, it's a collaborative relay. It's a collaborative relay. I just do it. If you're going to do, do like a mixed relay. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. You know, like uh, NDSU. Male and female. Male and female. Do two by, know. you know, each yeah. one a 4K. I don't know. I, I mean, it's a good idea. You know, it, you've seen quite a bit of success with like the mixed relay at, at world cross country and stuff. But um, it's funny, like, you know, people I in track know. and field are always like, how do we fix this sport? And here we are like, how do we fix the Ron Pin Classic? Yeah, like yeah. Who the Ron Pin Classic probably doesn't need fixing. Like it's probably I, just like both teams need to show up, lay their cards a week before, and say, "What are you doing? Are we doing yeah. this for real?" I think but, I think maybe part of like the hesitancy is uh, well, we'll kind of get into it with the SDSU uh, meet here, but I think both NDSU and UND really feel like they have a team that could win the Summit League Championships this season. And so because they already know what their season, you know, is riding on, they, they don't want to risk, you know, jeopardizing it in, in any way, you know, I wish, mm-hmm. I, I wish people would race more. Cause uh, I mean, the cross country season is short and, you know, short on races, you know, as it is, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. For sure. Um, before we move on to SDSU Classic, let's just run through those women's 5K results from yeah, that race. Yeah. Uh, UND had two athletes go one-two that ran unattached. Uh, Yanka Kutlik, uh, one of the new international athletes, seventeen thirty-four for the win. Like pretty big margin of victory over Jaden Keeler, uh, yeah. very established Summit League performer herself. Jaden finished second in eighteen oh one, and then uh, the first runner that was attached for UND was. Eliana Melnuri, uh, she took third, 1834. Uh, and then a few other names you're probably familiar with, Connie Wolfert, uh, Ellie Sondog, uh, a few North Dakota names in there. So, yeah, no, it was good showing for UND at the first meet, kind of figure out where they were. And, and then that transitions into the SDSU Classic. We need the nickel. Sorry, I, I solved the problem. <laughs> you solved it. it. Needs, you got to bring the nickel back. And uh, I'm not talking about the band. I'm talking about the, <laughs> the massive oversized nickel trophy. And the only way that it can exchange hands dude, is at the Ron pin. Dude, what's wild is if you asked a lot of these kids that are on either team right now, I don't think any, would any of them know what the nickel is? Uh, Jake, Garrison, Jake Garrison would know what the nickel is. Yeah, but I don't think, would he, he would have, they wouldn't have even been born the last time they played for it though. Just think really? That. I don't think so. When was the last time the nickel was it 2004? I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't know. Let me. I'll I feel like I was myself. at the game. 
I remember okay. being at the game. Let me fact so, I mean, check myself. And you you keep tell us a little bit about SDSU Classic, and then I'll interject with all the the nickel. All right. So I mean, for for all the drama that uh, the Ron Pin invite produced, uh, we finally got some solid racing. Uh, a little bit later at the SDSU Classic, UND was there, NDSU was there, SDSU was there, and they were running. Man, uh, if we kind of look at the <clears throat> Summit League like preseason polls, South Dakota State on the men's side, pegged to win again. NDSU on the women's side, pegged to win again. Uh, so, you know, kind of business as usual on on both ends. But, um, Ryan, do you have results up from the – I'm just going off of memory right now from the SDSU meet. Basically yeah. – let's do let's to... do this let's let's start on the women's side is that okay beautiful okay. beautiful so here's the thing that shocked me the most was that i saw leah hansen won the race and i was convinced that she was out of eligibility back for more yeah yes so i couldn't believe it when i saw the video of her crossing the finish line um because last year we made this huge deal she got the three peat at summit league cross country she ran off into the sunset it's like, no, she's back for more. Uh, and a pretty convincing win over some pretty good Summit League foes. So she got the win 1746. So very impressed by that. Mm. Um, maybe equally impressive or close to NDSU was led by freshman Logan Harse. Um, yeah. I'm not super familiar with, you know, either team's roster besides knowing that they're pretty big. Uh, so I was impressed to see that she was at the top. Maybe I'm just used to seeing like Kalisa Houston up there. You know, right. she's graduated, has moved on. So different to see NDSU with a different number one. Uh, and then USD getting some good results there. Abby Ripperda, 1802. She was injured a little bit last season, so we didn't see her show up a ton, but another really established athlete. And then uh, I'll just go through the next couple. It was USD four. Ileana Malnuri from UND 5th, Regan Baszler, North Dakota State 6th, Abriel Jarrell, USD 7th, Maya Kaiser, SDSU 8th, uh, Augustana had an athlete in 9th, and then Hope Pringle from NDSU in 10th. So really, there's three outs in the top 10. There was three Bison in the top 10, uh, and two Jackrabbits. So, like, we're going to talk here in a minute how close the men's side is, but the women's side is going to be a good race for the title too yeah how did how did the team scoring shake up yeah north dakota state ended up taking the win 41 points not far behind them was sdsu 46 uh usd 61 points for third so i mean if they can get a four five that can step up a little bit yeah they're going to be dangerous uh und was fourth 112 so those were the four semi-league schools at the meet okay a little bit further back and yeah i haven't i haven't looked at you know, kind of results from any other of the Summit League schools, but historically those are those are the three schools that we've seen team wise kind of mix it up. UND or sorry, NDSU, USD, and SDSU. Um, so I mean a surprise to see Leah Hansen back up there, but uh, only because we didn't expect that she would be running. Uh if she's running, not a surprise to see her up there. Uh interesting thing about NDSU. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm here in Fargo, a little bit connected with the team. Uh, so I, 
I just have a, a little more insight uh, to them. I, I hope it's not bias. You know, it's just a little more connection. But, you know, I, I feel like their top five from that meet uh, is not the top five that the team was expecting to see necessarily. So mm-hmm. I think they'll kind of race, uh, not that they're out of shape, but race into the form that they expect to be. Uh, Grace Link, you know, was a finisher a little further down, but uh, third, second or third last year at the Summit League Championship. So um, she'll be one for sure, looking to improve as the season goes on. But yeah, that that team score is a lot a lot tighter, Ryan, than than I remember when I looked at it for the first time. Uh, SDSU is obviously helped out by a by a strong. Uh, strong low stick and looks like NDSU is kind of helped out by, by depth and strength. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I think too, like you said, it's like closer than you thought, but I think also like hard to just look at the results and be like, Oh, you know, NDSU five points on SDSU and like USD is a little bit further back. Like there's a lot of season left. So yeah, many opportunities for things to shake up even more and, and that race to get even tighter. And I wouldn't be surprised too. Like I know UND was a little bit further back, but they've got some athletes that can that can step up. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what these schools can bring on the women's side. Should we yeah, move to the ob- men or anything else you want to add here? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Obviously, feels really good. I'm sure for NDSU to kind of uh, secure or you know kind of back up their their preseason you know, kind of ranking. Uh, I'm sure they'll take a lot of confidence in that. Uh, and, you know, the other teams, SDSU, USD, UND, uh, will kind of use that as motivation. You know, now they have a, a gauge. They they know where they're at in relation to kind of the big dogs. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, women's race will be, will be a fun one to watch. So. Dude, I want to start by shouting out the banjo boys a little bit okay um sdsu put an alumni team together yeah and like they beat augustana (laughs) they beat und's (laughs) unattached team i don't know who usd brought to the race but they beat usd they beat northern state all the teams that didn't beat were the current sdsu team und and ndsu so uh, shout out to the banjo boys joseph minor williams dabbling with a pro career took fourth Tom Bruckman was in six. Ben Olson, 16th. I had to scroll down a little ways to find the rest of the boys. Gabe Peters, 26th. Uh, and then I think it was Max Selbeck, uh, 47th. So, I mean, getting after it. I love to see that. That makes that me is, happy. Man, that is a quality alumni squad. Dude, uh, it's a really good alumni. I wonder if you, you count on how many Summit League championships all those guys share. It's a lot. And I mean, they they maybe even left some of their best alumni off the start off the start list. Yeah. I mean Joel Rykow is, you know, Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon. He wasn't running. Dude, SDSU would Brennan have a, Sage, a nasty Fargo Marathon half Fargo half marathon champion. Dude, is not running. If you put together their team, they they would be nasty, not nice. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, but enough about them. <laughs> enough about the has-beens. Tell tell me like your first reactions from this men's race when you saw the results come in. Man, first reaction, and I kind of I kind of knew this uh from the Augustana Twilight, but 
But South Dakota State, they recruited well yet again. Carson Necker, freshman, uh, he's won two races. He won the Augie Twilight and then now has won his home meet. Um, so, I mean, SDSU just, uh, we, I don't know if we ever said this on the pod, but, you know, I've been saying to myself kind of, you know, I think this is going to be, you know, one of SDSU's weaker teams. You know, they graduated so many good guys uh, that have been around for years and years. You know, this is, this will be their, their weakest team yet, but what do they do? They go out, recruit well, they recruit a winner. Carson Necker kind of just taking the bull by the horns and, and really, you know, he's looking, looking like the the best runner in the summit league right now. So that, that was kind of the big, the big takeaway that I, that I kind of had. Um, and then my next takeaway uh, after that, NDSU got third. So, I mean, I think this is the, one of the first real races that UND has beat NDSU uh, in at least a couple of years. I think uh, I think UND beat NDSU maybe two years ago at the Ron Pin, but this is like the first, you know, 8K whatever where UND has come out on top of NDSU in the team team standing. So that was that was kind of a big shocker. I just want to get the team results out. How do you get to the team results on this page, Ryan? Scroll all the way to the bottom. Oh, well you do goodness. well you do that, I will say I shared the exact same initial reaction. I was like Carson Necker, who is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, we knew STCU was going to have a lot of turnover in the roster and saw an interview with their coach Rod DeHaven. And he just talked a little bit about like, oh, we got big shoes to fill and we'll see what we can do. But then like, yeah, it comes out and wins his first two collegiate races. So, I mean, yeah, impressive by SDSU that they can just reload. Did you find the team results there? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'll say I was going off on how, you know, UND, you know, beat NDSU or whatever, but I, I don't even think that they were really concerned about that. I think they were more you know, maybe excited about the fact that they were only one point behind South Dakota State, you know, got second place to SDSU by, by only one point. Um, so they're, uh, I mean, I, I said this when we were talking about Ron Pin a little bit, you know, SDSU obviously, you know, wanting to stay on top of the Summit League like they have for years now. Uh, but UND really feeling like they have a good chance to, take down SDSU and, and NDSU as well, you know, only points behind UND and SDSU as well. Uh, my, my other big takeaway from the team scoring, and I know at the end of the day, the points don't lie. Um, but NDSU did get six runners in front of UND and SDSU's fifth. So although they took third place, they had all six of their runners so all their scores plus one more runner ahead of UND and SDSU's final scorer. So, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly what that means. You know, it uh, wasn't uh, the points didn't fall for for the Bison on the day, um, but whenever you have a a quantity of of uh, num of runners, you know ahead of another team's score, you know, you got to take that as a positive. For um, sure. So now the other one thing I was going to ask is Hunter McHenry redshirting a whole season. Unsure. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm unsure. That's an all summit league guy that, you know, finished pretty far down in that race. Uh, not sure. Coming back from injury, uh, had a tough off season, whatever, but you know, that could be somebody that races into shape. And if they do pull the red shirt, it could make a big difference. Yeah. It looks like, I mean, in terms of like SDSU and UND, it looks like the teams that we saw, you know, racing there are the teams that we're going to get. I'd say there's a lot of question marks about the NDSU team, uh, brought, in a huge recruiting class this season. Uh, and pretty much each one of those, you know, freshmen uh, who was able to race ran unattached at this race, as well as some others, like you mentioned, uh, Hunter McHenry. So, you know, it's kind of a. But then at guys, the same time, there was a couple of guys they... that pulled the red shirt, like Elijah Peterson raced, Reagan Bosch raced, both Fargo guys. Um, yeah. So there's Reagan, a few, I mean, few on there. Reagan redshirted last year. Oh, so you're is, right. You're right. He's so he's been around. This is his sophomore, or so it's, it's like redshirt freshman year. Um, but but still, I mean, I still feel like there's some question marks on what nine athletes we're going to see uh, from NDSU uh, on the line. And I, I mean, can I ask you a question that I know you have the intel for? Yeah. No Quinn Rail on the list. Yeah, yeah, he picked up a little bit of a a foot. Um, I wouldn't call it like an injury. What do you call just like a a little like a little tweak or something like that? Uh-huh. Uh huh. On like the Wednesday or Thursday, uh, maybe on like the Tuesday or the Wednesday before the race, and and so they just had him cross train for a couple of days, and I think he was back to running by uh, by Sunday or Monday. But yeah, so. Okay. So yeah, like his brother, said, little 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 bomb not to see him get to race because you know I just I just I want to know where he's at. You know I don't know. Uh, is he? I don't I I don't know how fit he is, and I don't think he even knows how fit he is, and so just wants to kind of test himself. But uh, for sure, obviously you got to got to stay healthy, and yeah, like I was saying, kind of the question marks with the the NDSU team. You know maybe. You, you never know how a season is going to progress in terms of like injury or sickness or whatever. Another kind of omission on the NDSU side, uh, former SDSU athlete, Jacob Knodel, not, not running. Uh, so obviously he's a, he's a big name, uh, a big number for them. If you, if you would have ran, you would have expected him to be kind of in that top 10 uh, next to Zach Johnson and Jake Garrison. Um, so I, I don't think, uh, I think NDSU probably left disappointed that they took third, um, but encouraged by their performance and optimistic about what's to come. Yeah. Uh, UND obviously fired up by their performance. They, they really feel like they have the, and I mean the, the numbers have shown they do have a team that can compete with, with anybody in the summit league and South Dakota state probably left, you know, uh, with a little bit of confidence, a little bit of reassurance. Hey, we got the lowest sticks this year and we got a team that, you know, can win. So yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. We've been on the topic for a while, but one last thing I was intrigued after the race, uh, coach Tom Scott for UND kind of some cryptic, uh, Instagram comments and posts just saying good. Good. It's all you, all you're saying. Nothing didn't go into depth. Just one word. Good. So good. Yeah, it you, seems like it's a very, uh, you know, 
uh, Andrew Carlson used to always say, you know, and I'm sure a lot of coaches have said this as well, but uh, you can't let the highs be too high or the lows be too low. Uh, Cause if the lows are too low, it'll just break you. And if the highs are too high, you'll just, you know, celebrate. I, I don't know what, what the downside of having the highs be too high are you lose, you lose focus on, you know, the rest of what needs to get accomplished. So I think, I think that's an appropriate response for this point in the season. So who are you, know, you, you and I, who are you, you and picking? I can, Oh man. Uh, Put you on the spot. I, I, I really think NDSU's got the team that's going to get it done this year, but I think that's an that's an emotional pick. Mm-hmm. Dude, I logistically like just pen and paper looking at numbers. I wouldn't be surprised to see SDSU repeat. Kind of think UND's going to do it though. Like okay. for so long, okay. for so long, I scoffed at the notion like put all your resources into cross country. Yeah. And you know, if we're talking wild cards, dude, we didn't talk about that. UND has all these guys that I don't know what kind of shape they're in. I don't know what their plans are as far as distances, whether any of them are true cross guys. They also had a big recruiting class for a lot of these people from overseas. So who knows how some of these guys can pan out, but it, uh, and it'd be interesting to kind of, and I know it was six to eight K. So it's hard to kind of compare from the first race to the next, but We'll see. I think they've got potential to really, uh, and you know, I don't know if it's even fair to call it an upset at this point, but to right. to take the Summit League crown. Yeah, that, that is fair. You know, there there could be some question marks on the UND roster that we're not even aware of. You know, some guys who maybe just aren't quite, you know, maybe an international athlete that's, you know, been on the team and been, you know, on campus all season, but, you know, just with travel or maybe summer racing, you know, is just kind of working his way back into fitness. And so, you know, I, we, we don't have the details there. Um, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, <laughs> I mean, there's more races to come. We'll be able to, to formulate our opinions, you know, more as the, as the summit league champs get closer, but, uh, yeah, it'll be all of fun, all of fun fall on it. That's for sure. Definitely. All right. I'm closing tabs here. So I'm closing the tab on okay. SDSU. Uh, last collegiate race that I want to touch on, because it also kind of segues nicely into the high school meet uh, or the high sure. school discussion. MSUM Twilight. Uh, always a fun meet. I think they figured it out this year not to start as late. Um, yeah. I remember last bit. year. Yeah. Change, was... change of venue too. Um, kind of on MSUM's campus. So I think there's a little bit easier to light the, I watched a little bit of the live stream and it looked like, yeah, looked like they finally got it figured out. But I will say there were some epic pictures from last year's event. I was kind of hoping for some of those this year, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll just touch on it briefly. Uh, big surprise, Jared Gregoire from MSUM. Uh, and if you didn't pick it up, I said that facetiously, uh, Jared Gregoire gets the win. The all American uh, takes the six K victory, 1742. Uh, kind of a fun top three, and then I'm going to kind of shout out some North Dakota athletes here. Nadir Youssef, who we've seen race a long time, did he get his marathon trials OTQ? I believe, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. At so Grandma's, I mean, yeah. So there's a guy that's going to be racing at the Olympic trials. Takes second, yeah. uh, the MSU alum, uh, 20 seconds behind Gregoire, though. So significant gap on the field. And then Braxton. Hey, if Brewer, he just. If if Nadir would have just had twenty more miles, Ryan, it would have been it would have been <laughs> over. 
Yeah, six K is probably a little too short for him. <laughs> uh, and then Braxton Brewer, eighteen oh nine for third. Uh, then I'm just gonna go down. I'm gonna shout out some North Dakota athletes. Charlie Hardcastle, Minot State, fifth, eighteen thirty three. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Sarsland, the freshman for Dickinson State, eighteen fifty nine. Uh, you go down a little bit further. Finn Krenz, Dickinson State, nineteen eleven for fifteenth. Right behind him, another. North Dakota name we talked about a lot last year. Tyler Goss from Devil's Lake, 1911.50 for the Cobbers. Um, and you can keep going to Austin Dibbles on there for MSUM, 1927th for 24th place. It's just cool, man. I'm just so pumped to see. Like, this is a great example of so many schools that go to. If you, we talked with Jarvis last week, like, you can't go D1. Who cares? Go someplace that's yeah. going to give you that same experience. And so many guys that are, are racing, and I just love to see it. Keep getting after it if it's what you love to do. Mm-hmm. So, and then on the women's side, so, you know, men's there, we saw a lot of MSUM. Women's side was the You Mary show. You Mary went one, two, three, five, six, eight. Um, oh, yeah. Sprinkle in a few Bemidji State. Sprinkle in a few MSU and Moorhead. Shout out to 10th place Grace Dorsher. I would taught her uh, at Fargo North when I was student teaching. Shout out uh, Fargo North. Shout out Fargo North. We love Fargo North. You're a North Sider. Yep. Big uh, Fargo North guy now. Hannah Weston. Sorry, Kindred. <laughs> Hannah Weston from Bismarck. She raced at uh, Shiloh. 1511 uh, for you, Mary, uh, for 14th place. The same thing. You scroll down. There's a few North Dakota names in there. Not as many as on the guy's side, but just cool that we see these people getting after it. Um, and nobody's talked about how Concordia has an Inga Britson on the team. Whoa. Grace Inga Britson. So spelled maybe a little bit differently, but that name, it's like you have it, lock in. Greatness. Greatness awaits. But yeah. anyway, just wanted to give a shout out to that. Uh, haven't looked a ton of NSIC results, but uh, a good first race for a lot of these schools. Mm-hmm. and the tabs close okay we're moving on to the high school part if there's uh anything call college at the collegiate level that we forgot our bad uh the last thing that i will say nickel trophy was last played for in 2003 my youngest brother bryce was born in 2002 he is a year older or he'd be a year younger than Jake Harrison, I believe. So those guys would have been like a year old when that trophy was last played for. Oh my goodness! Or like just no been born. Way. So I don't. know. They might know the concept of it, but know of it, but they don't really know. They don't they really don't. know what the nickel is all about. No, they have no idea what the nickel is about. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to start on specifically for the high school level? Uh, no. I mean, I think what you uh, had mentioned, just kind of talking about the polls. Uh, yeah. let, let's just, let's kind of go, go over that and kind of, you had some, you had some pretty spicy opinions, Ryan. I did a little bit. So just today I posted a little bit of a recap on the Instagram. So if you go check it out, kind of what we do each week, talk about changes in the polls that we see biggest jumps. We see different shakeups in the team rankings, but today as I was writing it, I was doing some research and in my head, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's so many things I got to type on this Instagram square. And then I realized, dude, we literally have a podcast that we talk about this stuff. So (laughs) it's all right if it doesn't make it on the Instagram square. You got to go, got to listen to the pod to get the real details. That's right. 
So here's where my biggest thing is. Now, I understand this is a coach's poll. It's the coaches that are voting on this. But there's a few things this week that just didn't make sense to me. All right. Uh, you get to pick. Do we start Class A girls or Class B boys? They're a, it's the same argument. Uh, class B boys. Okay. So Taylor Warner, uh, somebody we've talked about on the podcast before, kind of had his breakout at state track in the 800, walked away with mm-hmm. the state title. Um, is he just a sophomore? Is he junior this season? Sophomore this season? Uh, I can't remember. Doesn't doesn't really matter. It doesn't change. He's a junior this year. Uh, doesn't change the argument that much. But anyway, all season, he's been number one in the polls uh, through and through. Now, he has been crushing it. And most recently, yeah. he raced at the Mandan Kiwanis Invitational. Okay? He beat a loaded field. Like, I love how these are, like, I love the head-to-head in cross-country because we've talked about this before. I think, not even talked, I think you roasted me on the Summit League web stream last year because I was talking school records and stuff. And you were like, dude, times don't matter. It's yeah. all about the head-to-head. Yep. So Taylor Warner at the Mandan Kiwanis Invitational, he gets the win. Okay, right behind him is his Bowman County teammate. Then come three guys ranked in Class A consistently ranked in class a gavin graham thomas haskins and Braden schlobs okay of yeah. century williston and century respectively further down in that race a ton of people that are ranked individually in class b so to me like if we're talking like rpi which they always talk about you know when it comes to college football playoffs strength of schedule yep. march yep. madness that's a huge rpi like you're beating Massive. three class a ranked class a guys head to head yeah, you should be ranked number one. But this week, he gets overtaken in the polls by Keaton Olsen, who, you know, all the respect in the world to Keaton Olsen. He won at the Andrew Nelson Metro Classic, uh, ran 15.59, a great time. And he did beat one ranked guy, Quinn Carroll, a sophomore from Shanley, who's been ranked the last few weeks in Class A. But I'm like, if you beat three ranked guys versus beat one ranked guy, is that really worth a jump in the polls? And who knows, maybe I'm not, I I don't even live in North Dakota anymore. So like maybe there's something that's really obvious that I'm missing, but strictly on paper, uh, just has me scratching my head a little bit as to uh, what that jump in the pole was for. Yeah. It seems like, like with the college football polls, there's a little bit of like objectivity where you kind of know a little bit of where like the rankings come from you know Mm -hmm. there's still it's still like a vote right it's not like a a perfect algorithm that ranks every team by by a point system or anything like that um but it it might be kind of nice for for guys like us uh, or other you know fans of the sport if we had a little bit of of objectivity and how these coaches polls work because yeah it does kind of seem like the the time and and cross country is tough because the easiest thing that track and field has is you can just compare times, but in cross country, mm-hmm. we, we want to compare times, but really that, I mean, if, you can't, it's just too hard. Just so courses are you just so can't. different, you know? So, I mean, Keaton Olson's probably getting a little bump in his, uh, you know, he ran a, ran a great race and, you know, regardless of the course, I think anytime you run around 16 minutes or, you know, a sub 16 in this case, you know, that's a good athlete, you know, that's an athlete that's, you know, going to mix it up for a state championship a b doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um 
but you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the coach in the coaches voting, you know, they see he's got a faster time. So gets a little boost there and maybe even, you know, like did Taylor run this week? You know, if, if he didn't, maybe he's being penalized for, you know, he's raced the last three weekends in a row and now, you know, decides to not race this weekend and gets penalized in the polls. But, you know, that's why, that's why you still run the state meet and you don't just, uh, you know, call it a season at the end of the end of, uh, the regular season and crown a champion based on the polls. But, uh, right. Right. And you know, it's, it's tough too. Cause then if you go RPI, like he Olson's won three out of four meets he's raced this season. Yeah. Um, the one that he didn't, he took 12th place at the Augustana Twilight, which has become a huge meet. Like oh, massive. You're yeah. racing people from Nebraska, from Minnesota, from South Dakota. So that's like an impressive race too. But I mean, that was already September 1st, two weeks ago. So just maybe wouldn't think that a, would be reflected in this poll. Maybe it's like the North Dakota high school cross country script writers, Ryan, <laughs> you know, they got to give somebody else a, uh, a chance to be at number one in the polls just to spice up the drama a little bit. Yeah. How did I forget about the script writers? Script writers. They got a good one. They got a good one cooking this season. Yeah. Um, do we know? Then, go for it. I was just going to say, do we know when we're going to get to see that first head to head? You know, cause I mean, Keaton and, and Taylor, you know, guy from the West guy from the East probably won't meet until the state meet unless we see them both at the border battle, Ryan. Dude, border battle. Uh, we'll for sure. I think we'll for sure get the head to head there. We might also get it if I pull it up quick. This weekend's the Anderson Stavin out in Bismarck. Oh, huge. Which is okay. always a huge, like, yeah, huge meet. Okay. Awesome. So we'll we'll take a look. Uh, and it does not look like Kindred's going to that one. So Bowman's going to be there, as okay. is just about every other Class A school in the state. But um, regardless, though, let's the same argument happened on the women's side in class a girls. So Regenberg from Valley city has been ranked pretty high all season. Um, she was number one, the last two polls weeks, two and three, this is week four. Uh, Jossie Schiller bumps up ahead of her. And I was looking and Regenberg hasn't lost a meet yet this season. Mm. Um, if you're looking RPI strength, the schedule, she beat Jocelyn Schiller head to head. I believe just the one time that they've gone up against each other, but Jocelyn Schiller ran a season's best, just one second faster than yeah. Ragenberg season's best. So it's like there, that one to me just seems purely based off of time, which we said you shouldn't be able to compare it. Right. Um, right. And not that it makes a difference, but I mean like MSUM twilight where Jocelyn Schiller last ran, like you end on a turf football field. So, I mean, it's right. just like, you know, it's <laughs> like you can't even compare courses at all. No, not at all. Not so at anyway, all. I just, I don't know. Just interested to know what people's takes are and what kind of the the thought and going into the rankings is behind it. But just uh, I don't know. I don't know who. Like, yeah, maybe they need to start a media poll, or maybe we need to start a media poll. Maybe we need to start our own poll. That was exactly the thought that I was having too. No, we, can, that's all. we can come up with our own with our own rankings too. Yeah, you it know? sounds like it sounds like a lot of work. It does sound like a ton of work. Maybe we'll make it big enough and we can have an intern do it someday. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe we have a relay race with different collegiate teams across oh the state gosh. and they run a 4k. No. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, so just let's give a quick preview to this weekend's Anderson Stavin. Um, for sure. 
Did you ever race at that one? Uh, I believe I did. Uh, just once though. I don't think it really became like a regular staple in our season until after I was done there. So, yeah. And I'd say the same thing for red river. I don't remember going there at all. Um, but yeah, it's been a big meet the last few years. Yeah. I think the one thing I remember, I'm pretty sure it was this meet. Uh, but the one thing I remember about it is there were a lot of acorns on the course and I think I got passed by a guy who was running barefoot over these acorns. It was demoralizing. Wow. Yeah. But I think I ran well. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and look. 20. Re- review the footage. 11. 2011. I'm going to look up the results right now. While you're doing that, I'm just going to give a quick rundown on who we're going to see there. Uh, from Class A, Bismarck High. They've got a ton of dudes ranked. I think four in the latest poll in the top 10. Bismarck Century, Davies, Fargo North, Grand Fork Central, Jamestown, Legacy, Mandan, Minot, who spent some time in the boys' uh, Class A poll, Red River, Shanley, Valley City, Wofford City, West Fargo, West Fargo, Cheyenne, and of course, Williston, who's always tough to beat. Um, so those are the Class A schools that are going to be there. Class B schools, phenomenal lineup. Listen to this. Bowman County. Delax Burlington, so Bryn Hansen's going to be there. Garrison, Kildeer, where we have two women ranked on the girls' side of things. Langdon area, Edmore, Munich. Medina, Pingree, Buchanan. Newtown, a couple ranked guys there as of this nice. past week. Northern Cass, Owen Johnson has been having a phenomenal season. He raced really well at MSUM Twilight. We got to give Owen Johnson a shout out there. Um, really boosted him up in the polls. Then we'll have Shiloh Christian, Standing Rock, where we've had some ranked individuals this season, and team-wise, for that matter. So, dude, things are looking really, really good. Um, and we're going to get the head-to-heads that we want, and I think this is going to be kind of a defining meet, uh, as will the border battle of the weekend after, or a couple weekends after. Yeah. To really, like, solidify some polls and the jockeying for position going into postseason. It's good to have these like staple meets that you can kind of rely on producing good competition year after year. Uh, I mean, hopefully the border battle, you know, is turning into one of those Anderson Stavin, you know, is, you know, kind of cementing itself as kind of like the go, one of the go-to meets throughout the season. Uh, you know, Ryan, I think that's, that's probably what going all the way back, bring, bringing this full circle. That's what college cross country needs need some consistency in its schedule. You know, maybe maybe that's boring or whatever, but like let's just go to the same meets, the same five meets every single season. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I was even thinking the same and, thing cuz like last year NDSU raced at MSU in Twilight. This year they didn't, you know. You go right. to Brookings, makes sense, some of the crosses in Brookings and get a preview of the course, but yeah, just some consistency would be kind of nice. I I have one last thing, and then I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. Okay. Um, professional. Hit college, hit high school. Now let's hit the pros. Uh, Peyton Otterdahl is thrown in the Diamond League final this weekend at the pre-classic. Uh, listen to this field. Okay, Ryan Krauser, world record holder. Joe Kovacs, world champion. Uh, Leonardo Fabri from Italy, silver medalist of this year's world championships. 
Oh man, the Croatian Philip Mahalovic. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Tom Walsh, multiple time world championship and Olympic finalist and medalist in there as well. And then Peyton Otterdahl. Let's go. Let's go is right. So, yeah, Peyton comes into the competition with the fifth best throw out of these six guys. So we'll see what he can do. Uh, his last meet of the season. And Peyton, if you're listening, good luck. All right, Cam, anything else for the sake of the podcast before we wrap this up? Well, I couldn't find the 2011 results from the Anderson Stavin invite, so I apologize. But this meet has produced uh, some pretty impressive results in the past. I was reminded that this is the meet where a new town uh, beat Bismarck in the team title uh, one season. So pretty significant there. And the 2018 results that I saw uh, had Isaac Huber winning the race, followed by two Newtown runners, and then Jacob Jensen uh, fourth. So, Oof. you know, so it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good mix up of, uh, you know, the class A versus the class B and uh, hopefully it continues to be that way. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We'll continue to do our best to keep you guys updated. Maybe try to get some coverage shortly after this weekend's top tier cross country meet. I think uh, World Athletics would probably give this like gold label status. Gold label for sure. So, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. As always, follow us on our social medias to keep up with us between podcasts. Uh, until next time, thanks so much.